Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot. I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you. And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. This podcast contains adult themes and language, and some of the things that we discuss may be disturbing to some listeners. In this podcast, we discuss sexual assault, torture, race, and murder. Listener discretion is advised. Please take care of yourself. Episode 221, Bienvenidos Bitches and Buiti Binafi. Yeah. Thank you for listening and being here. Fruit Loops is a podcast about true crimes committed by people of color and those who are othered. And more importantly, it's about the victims. Because contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are straight, cis, gender, white dudes. What? No. <laughs> yes. But would, would you believe it? So these crimes rarely get any public attention because the news is racist. Allegedly. And we are Wendy and Beth. She's Wendy, a Black Latinx woman. And I'm Beth, and I just happen to be white. We're not journalists, investigators, or psychologists. Just a couple of gals interested in true crime. Also, the opinions expressed in this podcast are just that, our opinions. All right, so who are we talking about today, Beth? Well, today we're talking about Kendrell Lavar Lyles, known as the man who killed Malaysia Booker. But he also killed another woman and another man. Okay. Well, before we get into it, how you doing? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a, a extra, <laughs> an a extra person, person here. <laughs> what Hello. is that? What's going on? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's me. It's wait Minnie. A it's Minnie. Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. Wonderful. Well, Minnie, why don't you tell us how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I've got my sister Beth here yeah. visiting me in Canada. Yep. It's uh, really great to have her here. We've been having a lot of fun just yeah. hanging out and chatting and, you know, nice. watching shows. Doing yeah. sister stuff. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And hanging out with Antonio. We're all oh, just been very nice. watching shows together, going 
you know, going to the mall, you know. Yeah. Nice. The usual. The usual. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love a good sister time. And yeah. yeah how, how you doing? Who, me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, me? Who, me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I, I'm getting over my cold and I'm visiting Minnie uh-huh. and I'm in Canada. Nice. So yeah, nothing could be better. <laughs> that is so wonderful. Um, well, I'm doing great. It's uh, Black History Month and I just love Black History Month. Love learning the black facts. Yeah. I love going everywhere and saying it to everybody <laughs> for yeah. no reason. And uh, I'm saying it to you. Happy Black History Month, yes. listener. So now let's get into some listener letters. Well, hello, angels. Hello, hello angels. Thank you. They came in hot today. They sure did. Better <laughs> coming it in down hot. a notch. Uh, still dialing it in. All right, Beth, what's in that bag? Well, I wanted to say thank you to Sarah for your email. It really made our day. Yeah, it did. Sarah's a teacher and likes our culture corners. And they have a shout out that they shared with us that we will share with you at the end of the episode. Oh. And then I wanted to say thank you to Dr. Joe Davis for your voicemail. Stay tuned. Yes, thank you. And thanks to Jenny for your email. Yes, everybody's been so we we love when you guys get back at us and let us know because we're like I'm in a closet right now and you guys are in bed <laughs> bedrooms, right? Like <laughs> yeah, but we're just exactly talking and you don't know like what people are thinking necessarily. So it just it is so wonderful. Um, but we want to give you all a hip hop airline. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, wow. everybody. All right. Well, uh... <laughs> so anyway, please send any questions or comments to fruitloopspod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 602-935-6294. And we may feature it on a future episode. But if you don't want us to, just let us know and we won't. That's right. No new Patreons this week, but just a reminder. We have so much stuff over there and we do something every month with the listeners. So what else happens? Oh, you get all kinds of like (laughs) bonus ad free stuff. So check it out. Doing extra extra every week and uh, yeah, news, true crime news every week. Ad free episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Merch. Come on now. (laughs) Uh, You want to level up that drip. Um, So now we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get into the story when we come back. Three AM, the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're gonna get. You're gonna hear stories about demonic possessions, prison stabbings, skinwalkers, glitches in the Matrix, cult leaders, missing four one one, night marchers, Operation Paperclip, Mesopotamian devil worship, and so many monsters it'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money. Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic. A camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place. We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 
3 a.m., the comedy horror podcast, not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com We are back. Remind us, Beth, who is our subject today? Our subject today is Kendrell Lavar Lyles, a serial killer who murdered at least three people, including Malaysia Booker. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the section we call Love and Light, where we uh, just say rest in power to the victims and love and light to the loved ones and communities left in the wake of this tragic case. So the victims are Malaysia Booker, a 22-year-old Black trans woman from Dallas, Chanal Lindsay, a 26-year-old Black trans woman from Dallas, Leticia Grant, 35, a Black woman who I I couldn't find any information about. Yeah, I couldn't either. Like where where she was from, you know, uh, anything. So if you're listening and you know Leticia Grant or know of her, give us a call, send us an email. We would love more information about her. And also Kenneth Sichaki. I wasn't able to find much about Kenneth either. I had some information that I put in the script. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, now we're going to get into the setting because we think that context matters when discussing crimes involving marginalized folks. So take us to the setting, Beth. Well, the setting is Dallas, Texas, located in north central Texas in the United States. It lies along the Trinity River, near the junction of that river's three forks. The area was the traditional territory of multiple Native American tribes. Most notably, it was inhabited by the Caddo, Wichita, and nomadic tribes such as the Comanche and Kiowa, and ancestral tribes including the Archicosa, Atacapa, Karankawa, and Tawakoni, among others. The city was founded after the violent removal of the Native American tribes in the area. Today, there are about 20,000 urban Native Americans in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then um, a quick culture corner, because, you know, I live in Stone Mountain, a place with a complicated, terrible history. Mm -hmm. But the spirit of, you know, when you go to Stone Mountain, there's like a spiritual connection to the land. Mm. And I, even though the area was perverted by those actions, the spiritual connections to the land still remain. Still there. And, and yeah. They're still yeah. glorious. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that ab- about Dallas and a lot, uh, every single place we cover that it's complicated, but there's still much to appreciate about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Texas has a strong ranching tradition, which has had a significant influence on American cowboy culture. Following Texas independence in 1836, Many Americans immigrated into the ranching areas of Texas. The settlers were strongly influenced by the Mexican vaquero culture. Vaquero is a Spanish word for cattle herder. Texans borrowed vocabulary and attire for them. Cultural appropriation. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Also. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid and a cultural appropriation coming through. (laughs) 
but also retains some of the livestock handling traditions and culture of the eastern United States and Great Britain. The Texas cattle ranching industry is still a major contributor to the Texas economy, providing an estimated $12.4 billion in cash receipts for Texas farmers and ranchers and having an overall economic impact around $27 billion for Texas. But we'll get into racism in farming and ranching in yeah. a different episode. But I yeah. had no idea before researching this that the cattle ranching industry was still so big in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should have known, but I didn't. Yeah, Remember when yeah. they sued Oprah? No. They sued when Oprah? The, oh, well, the beef industry did. Huh. What? Because she said to stop. She said, don't eat beef anymore. She went to trial and everything. That's when she got hooked Jesus up with Dr. Christ. Phil. Come on, you guys. You don't know your Oprah history. <laughs> no, I guess I missed that class. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. Oh, good That's thing crazy. Okay. Good thing. <laughs> straighten us out, Wendy. Yeah, straighten us out. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so this industry also serves as an important source of employment for Texans, providing an estimated 85,000 jobs throughout the state. The state is number one in beef cattle production in the United States, and Texas is home to 248,800 farms and ranches, totaling 130.2 million acres. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Texan cowboy is symbolic to the state's image. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right, right. It invokes images of Beyonce. You know, she's from Texas. Oh, and oh yeah, that's right. She loves dressing up in mm-hmm. that symbolic Texas, you know, hat and boots and tassels and stuff. Anyway, yeah. quick culture corner. Remember that scene with Sidney Poitier? He goes, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Yes. Um, I think somebody <laughs> tried to call him boy. Oh, um, that's right. Some people believe the word cowboy has roots as a racist derogatory term to describe black ranch workers and cowhands. The word has been used as a racial slur towards black, full-grown-ass adult men to belittle them, Hmm, the the boy, um, and emasculate them. That's it. The cowboy mentality is soaked in traditional masculinity, marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression. Basically, the embodiment of toxic masculinity. Mm. These traits can contribute to pernicious attitudes and behaviors towards women and other marginalized groups and are actually harmful to the men themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, emotional suppression can lead to a rejection of empathy toward others. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand your own feelings, then you don't understand understand the feelings of others. Hell yeah. Oh, bars. Oh, my (laughs) (laughs) God. <laughs> so the the result of that, uh, the rejection of empathy toward others, is that they repackage their nurturing impulses as weak. Right. So uh-huh. and it suppresses mental health issues uh, mm-hmm. such as depression, trauma, and anxiety, which can worsen the symptoms yeah. of those uh, mm-hmm. mental health issues. And controlling and entitlement behaviors result in domestic and social conflict. Yeah. Another good. problem in our society. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Interestingly, in Norway, the word Texas is slang for crazy or wild. <laughs> Which is so funny. <laughs> it's often used in everyday conversation. It became part of the language when Norwegians started watching cowboy movies and reading Western literature. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. The genre was extremely popular in Norway and a lot of it featured Texas. So the word became a symbol of something lawless and without control. 
It's frequently used in the phrase help Texas, meaning completely crazy. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. You never want to go full Texas. No, yeah, no, full you Texas. don't. Dallas was founded in 1841 by John Neely Bryan as a small trading post along the Trinity River. The construction of railroads in the late 19th century transformed the city into a regional center for commerce and agriculture. Dallas's growth was accelerated by the discovery of oil, bitter and oil. <laughs> this is oil country. <laughs> in the early 20th century, eventually Dallas became a major center of the cotton, railroad, merchant, oil, and financial industries. The city has historically been predominantly white but its population diversified as it grew in size and importance over the 20th century. The largest ethnic group in the city is Latinx, and many Black folks have been moving to Dallas for its affordable cost of living and job opportunities. The greater Dallas metro area has the largest number of LGBTQ plus people in Texas, about 211,000. Wow. And mm. the sixth largest in the United States. Yeah, that's huge. Wow. Just three years after the riots at Stonewall shed light on the discrimination of the LGBTQ plus community, Dallas's own LGBTQ plus citizens gathered in a crowd of about 300 to march through downtown in the 1972 Dallas Pride Parade. Wow. Today, it's called the Allen Ross Texas Freedom Parade and is a yearly event held in June. Wow, that is so dope. Yeah, Texas yeah. ain't that far away. Yeah. So <laughs> there is also a second parade in September called Pride in Dallas. And the city also hosts multiple celebrations throughout the year to highlight specific groups within the larger queer community, such as Dallas Southern Pride, an annual celebration for Black LGBTQ plus people, and Texas Latino Pride. And I, it should be noted, we're three cisgender women and we're yeah. not of the trans experience. Right. But we definitely are in community with people of the trans experience and are just continuing our learning so we can be better mm -hmm. allies and fight for all of our liberation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So in 2018, Dallas became the first city in Texas to become officially recognized for its LGBTQ neighborhood in Oaklawn. The Texas Historical Commission recognized the history of this neighborhood as being a place of community gathering and mark the corner of Cedar Springs Road and Throckmorton Street with a historical plaque. Less than half of the states in the U.S. expressly prohibit gender identity discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodations under state law. Texas is not one of them. This leaves transgender people in Texas and many other parts of the country particularly vulnerable to mistreatment. Our trans fam face barriers to finding well-paid, secure jobs in Texas, where it is legal under state law to fire employees based on their sexual orientation. Because of family rejection and discrimination in education and employment, many transgender people have limited employment options. This means that many trans people have little choice but to survive and engage in survival work, which can be unsafe. Transgender people also face higher rates of poverty and housing insecurity limiting their ability to leave situations where they are exposed to violence. Texas is also among states where transgender people have been targeted with a relentlessly increasing number of laws and policies, mm -hmm. including restrictions on gender-affirming care, public bathroom use, and participation in sports, which is just, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. I, I can't wrap my brain around why they yeah, care. I just, yeah. It, yeah, I don't, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a really great podcast um, that I've shouted out before called Translash Media. And it was started after this epidemic of the murder against trans people started to make the news. And it's a really good podcast to listen to and learn about why they are going after trans people. A lot of it has to do with um, anti-Blackness and how bodies exist outside of the white, hetero, cis, Christian, um, male, you know, Right. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not giving it the credit it deserves. Just go listen to it. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Translash. Um so Tori Cooper, Director of Community Engagement for the Human Rights Campaign or HRC, Transgender Justice Initiative, said she hopes Malaysia Booker's story helps shine light on violence against transgender people, saying, quote, This is just one of hundreds of cases that we've reported on over the years. And those are just the cases that we know about, unquote. Because oftentimes they're misgendered, so it doesn't even uh, get reported as violence against um, Mm -hmm, transgender people. And violence against transgender people, If uh, like on that video with Malaysia, those guys didn't even think they did anything wrong. They thought they were doing something, I mean, good. Uh, Or they just didn't give a shit, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the reason for the underreporting. Since 2013, the HRC's public education and research team has identified at least 334 transgender and gender nonconforming people killed by violence across the U.S. Of those, 75% have been transgender women of color Mm. and almost 62% have been black transgender women. Wow. And HRC said almost 10% of those killings happened in Texas, more than in any other state. Wow. Wow. That is a sobering statistic. Yes. Wow. Activists believe that much of the blame lies with a hostile political climate, do you Mm -hmm. think? Mm -hmm. (laughs) During Trump's administration, which was heavily supported by religious conservatives, there was an attempt to roll back all of the Obama-era protections for trans people in the military in healthcare, in schools, and in homeless shelters. Monica Roberts, a Black trans woman, writer, and advocate for the Houston, said, quote, The evangelical movement and conservative movement were feeling like they needed a victory in the culture war, so they decided to start picking on trans folks starting in about 2015. Ever since the Trump administration came in, it has been increasing. You're putting all this hatred out, It doesn't just go away in a vacuum. Mm. People will act on it. And they have been, unquote. No lies detected. Yeah. No. None. Not a one. (laughs) Between 2014 and 2019, more transgender people were killed in Texas than in any other state. More than California, which has a higher population. Mm. More than New York, with its highly visible LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And more than Florida, which dealt with a spate of murders in 2018. Nearly half of the deaths occurred in Dallas. Wow. Wow. That's nuts. Wow. Well, let's get into the early life of Kendra LeVar Lyles. Wait a minute. What you got, Minnie? <laughs> well, <laughs> we could find nothing. Nothing. We, we found nothing. We found yes. nothing about Lyles' early life or really anything about him. Except yeah. that he worked for a while as a dishwasher at the University of Texas at Dallas. That's well, that's all we know. So that's little all we know. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the timeline, shall we? Splish okay. splash. Go go. So, twenty-two-year-old Malaysia Booker 
a trans woman who lived in Dallas, was a fierce advocate against trans violence. She's been described by her friends and family as a nurturer who took care of her community and loved to make people laugh. She was energetic and loved and a great friend and mother to her quote-unquote children and making sure they were fed and had a safe place to sleep. And they quote, stayed looking gorgeous, unquote. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) It is so sweet. Just a quick thing about um, welcome to Culture Corner with Wendy and Beth. In the LGBTQ plus community, there are chosen families, which I, I'm not sure is a term everybody understands. People who find each other and accept and love each other with shared experiences. And in that unit, that family unit, individuals may take on roles like father, mother, or sister, not necessarily based on like biology or right. legal stuff, but rather the bonds of love and support. Yeah. You know, sometimes uh, LGBTQ plus youth are rejected from their their biological family, or family of origin. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so chosen families are really mm-hmm. important for important. the survival yeah. of, the, co- yeah, absolutely. of the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A month before her murder on April 12th, 2019, Malaysia made national news when a video showing her being beaten by several men as a crowd of onlookers laughed and cheered on her attackers went viral. That first attack happened after Malaysia was involved in a minor fender bender in her South Dallas apartment complex, bumping into another car as she was backing out to leave. The other driver blocked Malaysia's car. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Holding Mm -hmm. her at gunpoint and refusing to let her leave until she gave him money to pay for the damage to his car. Mm. Yikes. Yeah, that is terrifying. As the two argued, a crowd gathered and someone pulled out a cell phone and began recording the confrontation. Mm. Nobody called police. Nobody called uh, ambulance. Someone allegedly offered a 29-year-old man named Edward Thomas $200 to beat up Malaysia. Mm. I vaguely remember the video. I'm trying not to watch I remember the video. Uh, It it was horrible. Yeah. But her attackers were black men, weren't Mm -hmm. they? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked about toxic masculinity at the top of the episode. And that is uh, an issue within, you know, the black community as well. But um, Thomas offered to beat up Malaysia and the crowd closed in around laughing and jeering and shouting transphobic and homophobic slurs as Thomas assaulted this young woman. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm, So awful. Then other men joined in, punching and kicking and stomping Malaysia as she lay huddled on the ground. By the time several women stepped in to stop the attack, and it took women yeah. to step in to stop the attack yeah. and help Malaysia to safety, she had suffered a concussion, fractured wrists, and numerous other injuries. That's so upsetting. I just, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I hate these kinds of things. It's, uh, and it, I, I don't understand the, the, I guess, the fear that I guess it takes um, for, I mean, Anger is a... It's a secondary these kinds of emotion. Aggressive acts I think it's in fear. fear. Right. So they're well, afraid. Think, yeah. I, so, but I don't understand what they're afraid of. Because it's like what no, they one's don't making, a, no one's right. making you be any different. Right. right. You know, it, it, it's just well, frustrating to me. There's an activist yeah. that I follow on Instagram. His name is Alok. And there is... It's A-L-O-K, a transgender nonconforming person. But follow Alok on um, Instagram. Anyway, Alok does all of these speaking engagements, and Alok's perspective is that it is a fear of what might be in them. Like, 
the toxic masculinity suppressed those emotions of caring, et cetera, and nurturing, and that that they're afraid of just being in the vicinity of that. I I I think so it makes them feel yeah. yeah bad. And again, it's really if we're, hard if to not, if understand if you don't. You know, I don't get it. I'm not a toxic. I don't. Yeah. Get, I don't get it either. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah. Um. So so uh, someone uploaded this video to social media, and it quickly gained national attention and put a spotlight on the epidemic of violence against the transgender community, especially trans women of color. Thomas was arrested and charged with aggravated assault. During his trial, Thomas's lawyer, Andrew Wilkerson, repeatedly misgendered mm. and deadnamed Malaysia in an effort to make the altercation seem like mutual combat between two men. Fuck out of here. He argued that Malaysia was at fault and he downplayed her injuries as scratches. Oh my God. What a piece of basura. Put that guy through the same thing and ask him if he thinks it scratches now. Yeah, no shit. Seriously. Thomas eventually pleaded guilty to a reduced misdemeanor charge. He was sentenced to 300 days in jail, including time served. That's it? That's it. That's it. Oh, my God. The weeks of her life after the assault were difficult for Malaysia, and she became withdrawn. But speaking at a rally after the beating, Malaysia told supporters, quote, This time I can stand before you, whereas in other scenarios, we are at a memorial, unquote. That's really it. That's sad to hear that part with mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. Twenty-four hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister, Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con.
On Saturday, May 18th, 2019, at about 6.40 a.m., the body of a Black woman was found laying face down in the 7200 block of Valley Glen Drive. At about 3 p.m. the following day, police issued a statement identifying that woman as Malaysia Booker. Malaysia was the fourth transgender woman, all of them Black, to be murdered in 2019. But unlike the earlier murders, her murder immediately garnered national headlines because Malaysia had already been the focus of national headlines. Suspicion immediately focused on Thomas, but he had an airtight alibi and was quickly ruled out as a suspect in her murder. Funeral services for Malaysia Booker were held Tuesday, May 28th at Cathedral of Hope in Dallas, which is said to have the biggest LGBTQ congregation in the world. That's wonderful. Yeah. The funeral drew an overflow crowd that included local and state elected officials. Oh, because it was election season. So they didn't really care. You know, around (laughs) election season, the politicians, I I can't tell you how many politicians I've met at church Mm -hmm. because they just show up at black churches during election season. Anyway, at least one local news station broadcast the services live from the church. Several speakers at the memorial service focused on the challenges Malaysia faced as a transgender woman and the challenges faced by others in the LGBTQ community. Pastor Stephanie Martin said, quote, She was a young woman whose life was cut short by hatred, unquote. Her mother, Stephanie Houston, said the April attack on Malaysia wasn't the first. Quote, Malaysia had many fights. Malaysia didn't start trouble, but she would finish it. Mm. She just always had to defend, 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 unquote. Mm. Standing at the altar next to a blue coffin adorned with flowers, Stephanie said, quote, she was beautiful. She was so beautiful, unquote. Mm. And she was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time of Malaysia's funeral, the number of trans women murdered in 2019 had risen to seven. Again, all black trans women. And I believe we've talked about it on Extra Extra. Uh, yeah. Four days after her funeral, 26-year-old black trans woman Chanal Lindsay's body was found in White Rock Lake. Ugh. Chanal Lindsay was from Dallas and was known for her vibrant personality and love of fashion and doing hair. She was determined to live her truth and follow her dreams. Dallas police began considering the possibility that Malaysia's and Chanal's murders could be connected and also connected with a non-fatal knife attack earlier in April on a black trans woman in Dallas, and with several other murders of trans women in Dallas over the previous several years. Police redoubled their efforts. Good. LGBTQ liaison Amber Roman met with Abounding Prosperity, Inc., an organization that had stepped in to help Malaysia after her April assault, and they contacted Dallas Voice pleading for anyone with information to step forward. On May 22, 2019, at about 9.30 p.m., police responded to the reports of a shooting at the Chatham Court Apartments on McCallum Boulevard. There they found Leticia Grant, a 35-year-old Black woman, lying on the ground in the parking lot outside of the apartments, suffering from a gunshot wound to the head. Wow. Mm-hmm. She was transported to an area hospital for treatment. Police said that Lyles had been in communication with Leticia shortly before her death and that his cell phone pinged in the area where she was found. On May 24, 2019, Leticia died as a result of her injuries. Unfortunately, we could not find any information about Leticia Grant or her life before it was taken. A little more than 24 hours after Leticia's shooting, 29-year-old Kenneth Sichaki was shot in the AutoZone parking lot just around the corner. Kenneth was called Chad by his friends and family. 
He had a twin brother named James, and growing up, the two were inseparable. Chad earned his Associates of Applied Science in Drafting and Design Technology at ITT Tech, graduating with honors. Described as kind-hearted, caring, and loving, he enjoyed working on crafts and learning new things. He also loved spending time with his niece, Madison, and hanging out with his twin. A witness told detectives that on the night Chad was killed, she had been at a nearby laundromat when Lyles came in and started talking to her. They then got into her car and drove to the auto zone. After the witness parked, Lyles got out of the car to use the restroom. Moments later, Chad Sachaki leaned into the driver's side window and the witness, quote, almost immediately heard a gunshot, unquote. The witness, who later told police she didn't know why Chad had come up to the car, then drove away. Facebook messages showed that Chad had been in communication with Lyles about the sale of Xanax. At 10.09 p.m., Chad sent a message saying that he was in the AutoZone parking lot. In six minutes later, he was found with a gunshot wound to his neck. Chad died six days later. That's nuts. I mean, these two people were killed one after the other, one day after the other, and seemingly for no reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, that's illuminating though that it, it was over the sale of Xanax. Like Xanax, we, we yeah. didn't we didn't know anything about Lyle. Um, but maybe he had a substance issue. I don't yeah. know. But- well, for sure, he if he was looking for Xanax, he was looking for drugs. So right. yeah, probably. Yeah. Let's get into the investigation and the arrest. Well, Lyles was later picked up in Collin County on some unrelated traffic violations. He was being held under a $1,000 bond on a warrant for driving without a valid driver's license and without insurance. When witnesses came forward and identified him as the person who murdered Leticia Grant. This information was verified through phone records of communications between Leticia and Lyles at the time of her death. Lyles was then arrested in connection to the murders of Leticia Grant and Kenneth Chad Sachaki. During the investigation into these murders, detectives realized that Lyles drove the same type of car, a light-colored Lincoln LS, believed to have picked up Malaysia Booker near the intersection of Spring and Legao the night she was killed. A witness told investigators that Lyles frequented the area to meet up with transgender sex workers, and that Malaysia had gotten into a vehicle matching the description of Lyles about three hours before her body was found. Investigators then began to analyze data from Lyles' cell phone. That analysis showed that Lyles often frequented the Spring Avenue, Legau Street area, and that he was in that area at the time that Malaysia was picked up. Investigators also found that Lyles and Malaysia's phones were traveling together around the time she was killed, and that he likely had her phone in his possession for a time after her murder. Mm. Mm. That's very serial killer behavior. To yes, it is. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> On uh, June 12th, Dallas police announced the arrest of Lyles, 34, for the murder of Malaysia Booker. Investigators said Lyles was also a person of interest in the murder of Chanal Lindsay, the black trans woman whose body was found in White Rock Lake on June 1st. Investigators believed that Lyles was also possibly connected to the death of Armani Dante Morgan, a black trans woman whose July 2017 death was initially thought to be a suicide but was then ruled unexplained. Her family has insisted that it was murder. What? That's wild. Yeah. A man named Ruben Alvarado was eventually tried and convicted for China's murder. Armani's death remains unsolved. 
All right, it's trial time. So Lyles was charged with three counts of murder. In November of 2023, as jury selection was set to begin in his trial when Lyles, who was now 37, entered a guilty plea to the murder of Malaysia Booker. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Ah, I don't have law and order on here. There's no law and order dun, dun. sound. Yeah. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Family members and friends submitted victim impact statements. Jordan Ford, a close friend of Malaysia's, spoke about Malaysia's role as a mentor within the LGBTQ plus community and her commitment to raising awareness of the violence transgender people continue to face. Jordan said that Malaysia, quote, refused to be silenced in adversity, unquote, and that she inspired many with her unwavering determination. Lyles was sentenced to 48 years in prison. Malaysia's mother, Stephanie Houston, said, quote, No amount of time can bring Malaysia back. And although we wish the sentence was capital punishment, our family can finally have some sense of closure, knowing that justice was served and he can't cause any more families hurt or pain, unquote. Lyles still faced charges for the murders of Leticia Grant and Kenneth Sachaki, but we could find no information about that. So I don't know if they are ever going to bring it to trial or if they brought it to trial, I couldn't find anything about it. It might okay. be one of those things that, you know, he's already not getting out of jail, so they yeah, don't want to dedicate like, resources to yeah, that. Oh, just good point. stick it in their you back know. pocket. But, still, but if yeah. the fruities out there know. Yeah. Yeah, if the fruities out there know, let us know. Yes. Yeah, let us know. Get at us. Um. So now let's get into where are they now? Tell us, Minnie. Well, Lyles is currently incarcerated in Texas. At the uh, George Beto unit, a men's maximum security prison located in unincorporated Anderson County. He will be eligible for parole in 2044. Malaysia's mom started the Malaysia Booker Foundation in her memory. Ahmad Ghori, the president and board chair, said the circumstances leading up to Malaysia's murder, including the viral video of Malaysia being so violently assaulted, brought into reality for many people the violence and danger that Black transgender women face daily. The video, Malaysia's Brutal Death, and the ever-rising toll of death and violence against trans women that followed in their wake, made this murder a national story when so many others have faded into the background. All right, let's get into what we think made Lyle snap and our takeaways from this case. So unfortunately, not knowing anything about Lyles's early life, we can only speculate about what might have made him snap. Yeah, that's true. It seemed like he often solicited trans sex workers. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I mean, if he often solicited trans sex workers, then, you know, he identified with them. And then when he identified with them, he didn't like that he identified with right. them. And then, oh, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like denial. The traditional yeah, serial killers who hate their moms and then yeah. they kill, you know, like Ted right. Bundy yeah. had yeah. hated his yeah. mom and killed yeah. a bunch of women. Um, in we we've talked in about effigy before, or whatever, right? Yeah, they're yeah. killing the thing mm-hmm. that they hate inside of them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so he was definitely conflicted. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not a medical professional. No, so. no, no, I know. Are. we're yeah. just free <laughs> sis. <laughs> 
two straight one queer ladies on a microphone what do we know yeah <laughs> tell us what our, you know <laughs> that'll be our next podcast yeah. <laughs> we don't know anything <laughs> uh speaking of things i don't know um, I don't know why our society is so unaccepting of anyone who's different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. especially now in this political climate, it's really bad. And it's disgusting and sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it just feels like people should know better, right? Yeah. And we 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 know that everybody's liberation is good for everybody, right? And yes. I just yeah. don't understand. It just seems like bullheadedness to not accept it, you know? Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah. know people. I'm always amazed by p- people who reform themselves, oh, right? Yeah. Or, or who can yeah. change their views. Or people who who've shared their stories about, my child came out as trans. And at first, I didn't know what to do or how to, you know, react. But, you know. And then they become they've, like they've, a, an ally become, and, and uh, Yeah, an somebody. ally, an advocate, a lover. Yeah, an advocate. A, a, a lover of of uh, a mother, you know. I mean, just the, there's there is a way to get there. Yeah, <laughs> and just yeah. some people are so bullheaded that they just yeah. refuse. And it it's I don't get it. But yeah, I was just gonna say I know people who uh, just don't believe in psychology, <laughs> and they don't. Isn't it insane? Yeah, that's like not believing in space. You yeah. can't yeah. not like, believe in space. What else do they believe? The world is flat. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of the things that we've learned over the years and like how toxic masculinity is is bad yeah. for everybody and uh, mm-hmm. that they just refuse to accept that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know why he killed uh, Leticia Grant and Chad yeah, Sachaki. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, those people. Yeah, It may have been that once he killed Malaysia... Uh, maybe it was nothing to kill other people, oh, or, or maybe he yeah. even got a kick out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you. I was just gonna say that the the issue of violence against trans people of color continues. Yeah, and you know, I think there are many factors that could contribute to the violence that we talked about already. But you know, if trans people are turned away from their birth families and they mm-hmm. have limited access to healthcare and employment and housing and then they have to turn to survival work or sex work and because society is rejecting them or they're not mm-hmm. safe they have to go into this unsafe environment to right. survive and that sucks yeah yeah and uh transgender people of color's existence It should not be a threat. (laughs) No, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's really fucked up. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. 
Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Uh, Minnie, any additional thoughts? Yeah. Well, just what you were just saying kind of made me think about a few things. You know, it used to be long. So I've been watching this show lately called Harlots. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I hadn't watched it before, so it's new to me. Mm -hmm. But it's essentially, you know, back in the 1700s. If a woman didn't follow the traditional path of mm-hmm. getting married to whoever they were told to get married to at whatever age they were told to do it, basically, mm-hmm. or, you know, if they were taken advantage of or even raped or something like that, it's like once you're quote unquote spoiled, then their only way to survive, you know, they, they were kicked out. They were kicked mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't have a place to live. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they could survive was on the street and doing sex work, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, kind of similar, you know, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. just to reject a person for uh, not being traditional. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah, it's like denying them a place to live and food because they are not traditional. Yeah. It's just when you break it down to simple terms like that, it's just insanity, you know? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. This one thing we've, we've been talking about while uh, Beth has been visiting is that there is an increasing problem with people not having access to housing, both here in Edmonton and down in Phoenix. And the yeah. populations of people who don't have access to housing are growing. Yeah. And uh, part of that population, you know, people who do have housing and, and are living traditional lives mm-hmm. often just kind of gloss it over with oh you know it, it's it's their fault you know something they yes. did whatever you know and, yeah. and they, they don't want to accept that this is something that could happen to anyone really yeah if they're rejected by society and <laughs> uh, so a lot of the people or if they you know even uh, missing one payment of rent because the cost of housing right now is so insane. Are you, are, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's one uh, one disaster away yeah, from one, house yeah. business. And, yeah, and then you, you've got to come up with first and last month's rent and security uh-huh. deposit. And mm-hmm. at the rents uh, that they are right now, like if you're working in minimum wage, mm-hmm. how, how do you even do that? It's so right. there's, you know, just to the, the populations and then people being kicked out of their houses because they're transgender. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I, I think I remember, I don't know, a few months ago, I was talking about this, this book, uh, my Ishmael that I was reading. Oh, and yeah. essentially the, the idea is that, you know, food, water, shelter, these all should be basic human rights. You know, mm-hmm. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be the case that we can deny people food and shelter and, um, water you know and and be okay with it right yeah right. this should not be a part of society that we yeah. can you know lock up food and deny it to people people should right. be able to just have food <laughs> and and, pu- and punish and yes. punish for yes. um trying to meet those needs 
Yes, exactly. When, you, when so, you're lacking. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I rambled on for a while. Oh I my don't, God. Yeah. Yeah. This discussion <laughs> wins the discussion award. <laughs> I loved this. Um, let us know what you guys think, listeners. And again, I just want to remind people that, you know, we, uh, if, if during this episode, if we said anything um, that, you know, is not cool or in line Respectful. with allyship or respect, let us know um yeah because yeah. we don't want to we don't want to cause yeah. harm we're trying our best to be good fruities. allies this yeah. is our desire is to be good allies yeah and um if if we've made some mistakes we would love to hear about it yeah. so that we and can we'll fix make those mistakes. Help us be better yeah. yes help us yeah. be better yes yeah. yep. mm-hmm. thanks y'all because when you know better you do better that's right boop, 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 boop. <laughs> the more you know <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into how not to get murdered. If you love. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm like, no. (laughs) If if you love true crime and you don't want to die, here's a tip for you. (laughs) This segment is not intended to be victim blaming. We thought of this segment because I read somewhere that a lot of people listen to true crime because they want to know what they can do to be safer. This is not meant to blame the victims. It's just learning from other people's experiences. So given that the epidemic of violence against trans people um, continues and trans people of color and all the legislation, uh, anti-LGBTQ bills, there were like 300 that uh, went to a state and politicians' desks last year in this country. So it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. But the Trevor Project, they have a 24-7 toll-free support line that provides mental health support for LGBTQ youth while the Lifeline offers support for trans individuals. And the support line telephone number is 866-488-7386. Share it with your trans friends and family and otherwise, because they might know somebody who could benefit from this. And for trans peer support, call the Trans Lifeline at 877-565-8860. That's 877-565-8860. And these numbers will be in the description box. You can also always contact the National Suicide Hotline, um, 988. Oh, you can text it too. Oh, you can text 988. That's right. I did that before. Um, anyway, also, if you have any information related to the murder of Armani Dante Morgan, uh, you can call the Dallas Police Detective Michael Yerrick, the Special Investigations Unit, because he's <laughs> with ding, ding. S- <laughs> SIU, uh, at uh, 214-671-3677, and you can be anonymous if you want to. Oh, nice. Uh, anything to add, ladies? Nope. No. Okay. Well, let's get into the shout out portion of our show where we shout out any content by or about people of color, any marginalized folks or any true crime goodies. Um, I got a true crime goodie recommended by Sarah, the oh, yeah. nice uh, fruity who sent us an email. Yeah. And it's the podcast called That's Why We Drink, hosted yeah. by two <laughs> members of the LGBTQ plus community. Nice. Where you get your podcast. Um, shout out to the movie Rustin. It is an Academy Award nominee. Nice. Um, about Raynard Rustin. He's a black gay activist who orchestrated the March on Washington in 1960. And it's really good. Awesome. And um, that's it. Okay. So I wanted to shout out 
The Brother's Son on Netflix. Ah, yeah. yeah. I love it. It's love so funny. It. Yeah, it's yeah. an action comedy. It's about two brothers. Their last name is Son, so that's why it's called The Brother's Son. And they're Taiwanese. The elder brother was brought up in Taiwan. And their dad is the head of a powerful Taiwanese triad. Mm -hmm. And the younger brother grew up in the U.S. with their mom and doesn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. And the older brother. Yeah, that life. The older brother was trained to be like an assassin. Mm -hmm. And uh, the dad is shot. And so the older brother comes to the U.S. to protect the mom and the younger brother. And then madness ensues. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. Good. Yeah, yeah, really funny. Michelle Yeoh. Oh yep. my gosh. Yeah, she is. I love her. She's the yeah. best. Oh, and then so uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Prime with Donald Glover. Yes, uh, I've seen this. Yes. Have you started watching it? And you enjoy? Yes, we started watching it. Oh yeah, it's oh. great. I love. Yeah, it. Yeah, but we've been watching it together while yeah. while oh. she's been here. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's, then it's I have fantastic. to go watch it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Minnie, do you have anything you'd like to shout out? Um, yeah. So I guess I'll shout out. It's an oldie but a goodie. I don't know if uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you should definitely see it. It's called Upload. Uh-huh. So the idea is that uh, when you die, your uh, memories, all your thoughts and memories and consciousness and everything can be uploaded to a virtual world. And it sounds amazing, but, uh, (laughs) you know, actual real people are involved. And so, therefore, there's uh, issues with it. What? uh, Yeah, (laughs) you know? Crazy, right? (laughs) Okay, I love this. (laughs) And two of the main characters are women of color, so you'll enjoy that as well. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, really good. It's funny. It's it's like unexpectedly funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Wow, it's oh a really good God. show. So okay. upload. Okay, upload. Let me just. It's on it. Prime. And we've been watching it on Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Upload on Prime. Tight. Okay, Prime. so just. Prime. 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 Amazon. Prime. on Amazon. So just to recap, that is the um, podcast. That's why we drink. Where we get podcasts. The movie Rustin. It is on Netflix. The program, The Brother's Son, also on Netflix. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, another program. That one's on Prime. And also, Upload on Prime. Man, Prime is really killing it right yeah. now. Prime and Netflix. Hello. Yeah. Cancel everything else because they're too expensive anyway. All yeah. right. <laughs> well, uh, look at that. It's it's time. it's time. It's, it's the time. end of the show. Yeah, it's the end. This was so lovely, though. Minnie, thank it you was. so much for joining us. Thanks for letting um, me join you. It's always that, fun to do yes. these ones with you guys. Yeah, I it's awesome it. when you can I, join us. I love it when you can join us. Yeah. Um, so don't be a stranger. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>, I won't. <laughs> um, all right, that's it for the show. But where can the people find us in the meantime? Well, our website is fruitloopspod.com, and we use Fruit Loops Pod for all of our social media. The footnotes for each episode can be found on our website. Plus, check it out for all the different ways that you can support the show. 
Also, join us on Patreon, where we have literally hundreds of hours of bonus so content. Much. So much. So much. <laughs> you can binge and binge and binge. You can also support us by supporting our sponsors or by giving us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars only, only, please. please. <laughs> also, don't forget to subscribe. Yes. That's right. Also, I just wanted to remind people... Google Podcast is going away. Oh, that's Aww. right. If you yeah. are subscribed to us right now on Google Podcast, find another favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show there, okay? Yeah. And also, this is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. Um, where are we? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, he was doing drugs. He was doing, doing drugs. drugs. <laughs> uh, I haven't done that one in a while. I know. Uh, well, um, oh, did you have oh. something to say? No, uh, I was. I was. Well, actually, I was. That's I was going gonna, in the bloopers. I, I, I was gonna just say, oh, "Oh man, I'm gonna have fun putting that together." Yeah. Don't you say the next part? Uh, Thanks, I everybody. Were... <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I'm sorry, I skipped it. <laughs> oh. Minnie! <laughs> it's me! Whoa! That's all right. I was swallowing my teeth. <clears throat> all right. Get Can- in the zone. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That... <laughs> you should put that in the, the bloopers. <laughs> that, yeah. Get in the zone. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> where was like, I thinking? What when did I, I write? This? Okay, <laughs> quick culture. Yeah, <laughs> Tawa Kony and jeez, and oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I was stuck on Throckmorton Street because it sounded like somewhere in Fraggle Rock. No, <laughs> it does. Down in Fraggle, Down Rock. In Fraggle Rock. Rock. That show Street. was so fucking fire. I, <laughs> I miss it so Me much. too. I was too old to watch it, but I watched it anyway. Oh, I just loved it. I yeah. oh, yeah. so delightful when that program came on. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's why. Yeah. Good oh call. my God, we collectively call, Wendy. felt it. We, we did. We oh. did. But I didn't it know. It was magic. How. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my stories mixed up. I was think, oh, thinking about something it, else. Okay. Okay. Let me let me do that again. Hey, by the way, speaking of getting your cases mixed up, uh-huh. when we first started doing this show, I didn't know what episode we were showing up to record a lot of the times. 
So, <laughs> so I mean, I had done research, but I was like, oh my God. There was even one time I researched the wrong person. Oh, I remember Completely. that. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that. that too. <laughs> anyway. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.